Live from the Red Barn Studio in lovely Magnetic Springs, Ohio, you are listening to One Bourbon, One Scotch, and Two Beards. I'm your host, Daniel. This is my co-host, Ryan. Hello. And this is a Matter of Opinion podcast. Today's topic is going to be about the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. So exciting. Now, obviously, it's going to be four wrestlers we pick that we find is most significant to the wrestling industry. Um, it's not so much about favorites. No, just it's your opinion, man. My favorite wrestler just might happen to be on that list, you know. So, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I have at least one on there that's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, if not two. So what we'll do is we'll go down the list and we will take turns. Okay. I name one. You name one. I like it. We'll say why we think they're important. Sure. Um, before we get started with that, I would like to, what have you been up to? I want to hear what you've been up to lately. Well, we just, uh, we had 4th of July Yeah, and we had a nice little party, uh, camped, you know, most of the weekend. And then Monday we went over to your grandparents and had a nice little get together with your family and, uh, shot off some fireworks and didn't lose any fingers or eyes or any other uh, body parts. Boring, God. boring, huh? Nah, I mean, <laughs> you know. But uh, so you're you're a glamper, not a camper. Gl- glamper, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Travel now, trailer all the way. Now I've been in that trailer. Yeah, that thing's nicer than my apartment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the living room. I mean, it just your your couch can move out, or your table can move out, and you got. It's wild, man. Like I never in a hundred years did I ever think that I'd be a camper, and then I met Amber. And she got me into camping. Her family got me into camping, and now I absolutely love it. There's just something about, you know, sitting out, having really good food and drinking beer and just kind of partying throughout the day. Okay, so that's it. You're not a get in, like, in touch with nature. You're no. a sit by the fire and get wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sit by the fire, you know, drink a 30 rack, uh, you know, whatever real it may man's be. camping. Yeah, real yeah. man. <laughs> glamping. Yeah, glamping. <laughs> Which I... I'm a big guy. I hate being out in the heat. Yeah. The spice. I walk outside, I'm sweating balls right yep. off the bat. Yeah, you stay hydrated, you know. So, I mean, I could, I don't know if I want to be outside all day. I mean, but you got the, your trailer's air conditioned. Air conditioned, right? yeah. Here. So you, when you get hot, you just go in for a little bit and cool down. We do every now and then. We'll go for like bike rides or, you know, fishing mm-hmm. or whatever may be the activity we chose to do, choose to do, excuse me. Um, while we're camping, but we like riding bikes. We take our bikes with us and, you know, have some nice trails to ride and stuff like that. We're going to be camping in your neck of the woods pretty soon. Yeah. And I'll be staying in my apartment. <laughs> I'm going to get your ass out there with me. No, listen, and I'll come out there and drink with you. We'll sit by the fire and sing Kumbaya. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Whatever it is, but my ass is going home. I love afterwards. Brett Michaels. Yeah. Now, my babies will be waiting for me. I have three babies at home waiting for me. Yeah, we got to make sure we give a shout out to the uh, the babies. Yeah. My two cats, Cooper and Eleanor, and my newly acquired hound dog, Watson. Wally. Wally, Wally, Watson. And then, uh, you know, my little baby is uh, four little legs and a little stubby tail, and she's very, very hyper. <laughs> Get Amber? A little... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Amber. Uh, 
Love you, Amber. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Asher. Asher girl. Oh, asshole. Asshole. Smasher, Asher. Asher cool, baby. Okay. Now, I haven't really been up too much lately. I've had this past week off from va- um, from work for like a vacation, but it's really not a vacation. It's just not working. Yeah. So, um, I've been playing a little bit of video game. I've been, I played Half-Life on the PlayStation 2 and finally finished that. Okay. That's been on my list for like 20 years. So. Really? Yeah. I never, I never played it. I don't know if it's really your type of game. Really? Yeah. What's it about? It's like Aliens. It's like another... Oh, so it's Halo. Not quite Halo. It's like another dimension. Resident Evil. No. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Okay. Um, But uh, we went last week and watched The Black Phone. Okay. And that was a good movie. You were telling me about that with Ethan Hawke, right? Ethan Hawke. I'm okay. a big Ethan Hawke fan. I like I Ethan really Hawke. Like we talked about it. Training Day is Assault awesome. Assault yeah. and Precinct 13. Yeah. Yep. Great, great movies. Um, Two really good movies. He played a serial killer in this movie. That's right. And it just, it was really unique. Really, really cool the way it set up and worked its way out. Like, at first, like, you don't know, like, this movie's a mess. Like, I don't know how this is coming together. How it's going to work it just out. comes together, so. But uh, it was really good. Then we went... And Polaris to um, the seasoning crab, new seafood. Oh yeah, place open. yeah. And it was really good, dude. I made a mess. <laughs> I made a mess. Like they had like that paper, like you know, they give you napkins and bibs and. I ain't uh, got no damn time cloth, for napkins. Cloths. <laughs> I ain't got no damn time for that. I'm trying to shovel this. I'm, I, a lot of times, if I don't watch it, I'll throw the shell and everything in there. Shell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a loser. Yeah, well, you know. 20 um, years of losers right here. Oh, and uh, we finished Stranger Things. Oh, yeah? Yesterday. Never seen an episode. We, we finished Stranger Things this last episode, two and a half hours long. Ugh. So good. Really? It's a great show. Never really seen good. an episode of You it. should give it a shot. Not with Amber, because she'd probably be afraid of it. Okay. But you should watch it. It takes place in the 80s. What, what's more... What more can you want? Yeah, I mean, you know, something that took place in the 90s. Nobody cares a shit about <laughs> the 90s. They don't base movies in the 90s no more. So. Okay. All right, well, enough of that crap. I guess we can go ahead and start on our Mount Rushmore. Who would like to go first? Uh, I'll start. Yeah, that's cool. No, this doesn't have to be your top one. It's no, just, I'm it's, just yeah. There's I'm no going order. right down my list here. Okay. Um, first guy I have on my Mount Rushmore is the icon Sting. Um, I really like. They couldn't have picked a better name. I really think Icon is uh, synonymous with Sting. Um, he's just a legend, man. Like uh, the way he could work when he was young, um, the way he carried. WCW, him and Ric Flair carried WCW there for a while, in my opinion, in the early, early years of WCW. Um, and fast forward to TNA, like he was the, him and a couple other guys were the mainstays of TNA there for quite a while. I mean, yeah, it was the work quality as good as it was back in the 80s and the 90s and, the, you know, um, early 2000s. No, but he still put on some great matches in TNA. Um, I know you haven't really watched a whole lot of TNA, but 
Um, I think there's some really good stuff in there that you would really enjoy of Sting. Um, AJ Styles, I know, you know, him and AJ Styles had a couple of really good battles. Um, I love, 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 loved it was uh, him and AJ Styles at one of the pay-per-views. And um, it was a great match. AJ had this cool, like, blue and pink uh, attire on. And Sting had, the like, the red and black. It was just uh, really neat to see. Um, a lot of high action in that match. And then now, you know, fast forward again. Um, here we are in 2022. I think Sting's 63. And he's jumping off shit left and right. He just jumped off the fucking Titan Tron of AEW the other night um, at Forbidden Door. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, he was in a match, a uh, three-way match with, it was him and uh, Darby Allen and another guy from Japan, New Japan. And they fought the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks came out and they were standing there and Sting's music uh, hit. And it went dark, and they shot the camera up into the rafters. And you didn't see anything, and then the lights came on, and Sting jumped off the oval entrance ramp from the top on top, did like a splash body to the Young Bucks. Man, he does not stop, does he? Does not, man. That's a crazy son of a bitch. Well, um, since we agree on this one, I'm going to go ahead and talk about him too. He is on my Mount Rushmore as well. Um, the interesting thing about him is he was my mom's favorite wrestler. Okay. Back when she used to watch wrestling with me. And he was never my favorite. Like, really? She loved him, but like she loved him a lot as the surfer. I was going to say surfer sting is a really good sting. Yeah, like the blonde hair, the especially when he did the American flag get up. Yeah. Like Great American bash and stuff like that. Like, and... I was always a Hulk Hogan guy. Okay. You know, so I always wanted Hogan to be... Real American. Yeah. I always wanted Hogan to beat Sting. The older I got, the more I liked Sting than Hogan and wanted Sting to beat Beat Hogan. Hogan. So, yeah, over time, he just eventually just grew on me and became my favorite wrestler. I just, I've always admired his work ethic. Like, he doesn't matter who he's against, he gives you 100%. His matches are solid. And uh, another thing that I really, really loved about him was that he was loyal to WCW after WCW got bought out by WWE. Yeah. Like, he didn't go straight to the WWE. No, 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 no. He had that contract dispute. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that kind of tied things up, but he wasn't going to let... He, he'd rather sit at home and collect a paycheck from yeah. WCW than, you know, and some people fault him for that. I can't say that I fault him for that. Right. You know? But he oh, he carried that company for a long time. He really did. Yeah. He he, he was definitely a face of WCW. Yeah. Like yeah. probably 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 with like Goldberg or something. Flair. Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Dusty. The NWO. Yeah. The NWO. So Bischoff. Yeah, and one of my favorite matches with Sting was like 1988's like Clash of the Champions, was it? Yeah. Ric Flair. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm just seeing like this guy, and Sting was built, man. He was bigger than Flair. Mm-hmm. And how he just held his own, and they had good chemistry, which you later seen throughout their careers, like they worked good through. Is that the one where Sting beat Flair? No, uh, Sting lost that. Okay. One. Yeah. 
But it was one that you seen like this guy is here to stay. Here to stay. He's it made man. Sting. Right. Flair put Sting over. Because I know Sting, I think it was Sting and Ultimate Warrior came on the scene together. And they had two different work ethics. Sting was built. He was big, but he was good in the ring. Yeah, he could work. Ultimate Warrior? Nah. Just had the size yeah. and the look. He had that Lex Luger look. Yeah. Yeah. Just with the face paint a lot more crazier and Sure. So Sting but, was no bullshit either. I think it was on the Jim Ross podcast. He uh-huh. talked about how Sting was the guy that that was the one that was a home run. Yeah. Not the Warrior. Yeah. Warrior was just a pain in the ass to work with why Sting was just wanting to go. So speaking of this, like as we're talking about Sting, um, could you imagine had they brought him over in the peak of like the mid two thousands to work with the Undertaker at a WrestleMania or see that was the match that I think everybody wanted. Everybody wanted that Undertaker versus Sting. Yeah. Instead, we got Sting versus Triple H in a honestly I thought it was a silly match. Yeah. It. it they, they ruined the integrity of that match. And they kind of like, it was the way they went about it with the NWO and everything like that. Yeah. Um, at that WrestleMania where they had one, like, you know, one group of guys representing the NWO. And I think Sting, they had Sting representing the NWO. Yeah. It, it, was, it didn't make any sense to me. The whole thing was weird. It was, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, you still have, you have these two guys that are aging that are obviously out of their prime. Yeah. Let them go out on a, a like a great match, one-on-one. Don't bring out the gimmick NWO or the Degeneration X. Just let them go at it. Let them, too, have their moment. Let the fans enjoy that, the quality of these guys, because these guys are fantastic wrestlers. Yeah. Let, let us enjoy the, that match. When it's in wrestling, again, wrestling's the best when it's unexpected. Exactly. That's what we want. We don't always get it, but when we get it, it's – the emotion, the raw emotion that comes out of you as a fan. It, exactly. It, it means more. It means more. Like nine times out of ten, you can you can pretty much predict who's going to win a match. Yeah. And part of me, that, that takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Now, there's every, every once in a while a match where the outcome comes out completely different than what you thought. And it could be completely against what you wanted. Yeah, but, but you still different. loved it. It's different. Like, whoa, I did not expect that. I love that. That was great. And AEW can be predictable at times. I'm not saying that it can't, but I feel like they give you more unpredictability than anything that WWE is giving you right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did just see, um, I just finally got to watch it the other night. They just had money in the bank, and Liv Morgan won the women's money in the bank and cashed in the same night and beat Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's still around. Yeah, and she was the champ. Jesus Christ. You can't get rid of her, bro. My God, I thought Holly Holm kicked her head off. No, no, you can't get rid of her. Jeez, man. She's like a cyborg. See what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What's your next guy? My next guy. In my opinion, this man is the GOAT of wrestling. Okay. He is um, the dirtiest player in the game, the nature boy. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Ric Flair. 
Before you get started on it, he's on mine too. So we can just go back and forth here. That sounds good to me. Uh, the Nature Boy Man, uh, name passed down to him by the great Buddy Rogers. Um, wow, what a career he's had. The ultimate heel. The ultimate heel, the, the bad guy. Man. The cool bad guy. Yeah, yeah, that swagger. Styling and profile. I think that's the one thing that I have down on my my list here is that that swagger. Like nobody had a swagger like Ric Flair. No. And the thing about Ric Flair, it's one of the coolest things, and it also is kind of one of the like hard things to see, is when he's in character. That's Ric Flair. He's made that to where that's Ric Flair twenty four seven. Yeah. He lives the character. Um, Ric Flair, Ric Flair, you remember when he had his book, To Be the Man? Yeah. And you borrowed it off me. Yes. We both read it. Yeah. You gained such an, like a, a new respect for Ric Flair. That guy is a professional. Like, when you think professional wrestling, doing what's best for the company, doing what's best for your opponent, like, you know, your colleagues, Ric Flair's the man. Ric Flair. He is the man. And the way he sells for his opponents, like, and puts yes. guys over, mm-hmm. and he wasn't afraid to do that. He mm-hmm. wasn't afraid that it was going to diminish his character. He wasn't going to book himself to win. He wasn't going to, you know, put himself in a situation where he's like, oh, I can't lose because it's going to make me look weak. Right. He just did the job. Like I said, man, professional. Yeah. He knew what to do. Now, um, Interesting fact, I think it was from the book. You gotta realize this is what 15, 16 years ago we read this book, if yeah. not longer. He got into a plane crash, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And that's when he screwed up his back really bad. Yep. And if you ever notice when Ric Flair wrestles, because this was what in the 70s he got hurt, 80s maybe? Mm. But whenever he lands on his back, he kind of lands a little bit more to the side. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that? Yeah. Because he's not supposed to land directly on his back. Yeah. And the fact is, like, this guy is still going out there and doing this. Um, so, you know, he's getting ready to do his last match. I've so, seen a little, like, little training video of him working with somebody. Yeah, July 30th of this month. Um, end of this month, excuse me. Um, and he's training with Jay Lethal. Ah, that's who it was, yeah. 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 And um, they ask him, like, you know, well, well you going to be okay? And he's like, yeah, you know, I got a, a pacemaker and this and that. Like, <laughs> he just, he's going to go out there and he's going to do his thing, man. He was taking a bump off the top rope. Like I seen, I seen him grab flair and just put him in a, a whip suplex, vertical suplex, yep. whip flex, uh, whip flex, whip plex. And flair landed pretty hard. But he got right back up. Got right back up. And he yeah. was running the ropes and everything. Yeah. And he was doing his little, you know, he does like his close fist punches. Like he's going for the stomach, going for the head, back and forth. I was listening to um, What Happened When and uh, with Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. And uh, I love that show. That's one show I don't I don't miss. Um, but I think it was Conrad because that's his father-in-law. Um, he was talking about doing the interview for StarCast, like the press conference, excuse me. And... Um, I think he said that when Rick walked in, he had had the mic like he could you could make it out, but you couldn't. You had to be like listening real closely. He walked in, he's like, "Fuck yeah!" Like <laughs> <laughs> typical Rick Flair fashion. Like he shouldn't have probably been saying that around live microphones, but it's Rick Flair. And of course, like his daughter wrestles. Yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yep. 
Um, and she's kind of built her own legacy too. Absolutely, man. She's a great wrestler. She's out of the shadow of him. Yeah, for sure. Charlotte, Charlotte is very technical. To Charlotte, Charlotte does everything the right way. She's very, very good. Right. I think one of my favorite matches for Ric Flair is the one Royal Rumble when he entered third. You remember that? Was that ninety two? Where something he like that? Yeah, and he still won. It. He yeah, ran the whole thing and yeah, yeah, deservedly so. I mean, I mean, that was awesome for the title. Yeah, for the belt. Yeah, ninety two. A long time ago. As the year I was born. But, you know, okay, here's the story. I think we've talked about it a little bit, but first time we've talked about it on this show. Um, I remember watching that as a little kid eating ice cream in my grandpa's, like, little living room that he had with his recliner and stuff. And he sat in his recliner, and I sat down on the floor with my little bowl of ice cream, you know, as a kid, watching Ric Flair in this Royal Rumble match. With my grandpa, my grandpa was a huge wrestling fan. That's probably why I got into wrestling was because of my grandpa. And to hear him just sit there and be watching Ric Flair and making jokes and woo and, Mm -hmm. you know, this and that, that's just something I'll always carry with me. And that's, you know, that's the thing I remember about that 92 Royal Rumble besides Flair winning it was just watching it with my grandpa on, on VHS. That's the great thing about professional wrestling is you have so many memories. Like, you can look back on, like, good times. Yeah, absolutely. Family, watching wrestling, friends. Yeah, like, many times, like, I can think back, like, um, to things that we did and related to pro wrestling. Like, what what was going on in wrestling when we did this or that? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I know where, you know, when you text me, hey, did you hear about Chris Benoit? Um, I was in my grand and my grandma. My grandma watched me when I was growing up and stuff like that, and I was up there playing ball in the yard and you text me and uh that about broke my heart when you text me that i remember i was on the phone with because we were what freshmen sophomores i think freshmen and i was on the phone with my girlfriend laying in the bed and i seen it on tv popped up I'm like, hey i gotta go i gotta go so i got off the phone and i texted you or call you i can't remember what yeah. it was like what the hell happened crazy man that's just the whole crazy uh crazy situation but back to Ric Flair, you can't mention Ric Flair without mentioning the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen, man. That was a good stable. Yeah, one of the best, if not the best. That, the Four Horsemen and the NWO, and then probably DX, in my opinion. You know, don't, do not um, discredit his later stable in his career. Evolution. Evolution. I for, how Do could not, I forget? How could I forget a, my uh, evolution? Man. That was a great. I mean, Motorhead doing the music. Yeah, yeah. That's evolution awesome. Evolution is a mystery. That deep Lemmy voice. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And he was what tag team champion with was it Batista? Batista. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Orton was Intercontinental. And then Triple H had the, the heavyweight. World heavyweight, and yeah. they had all the belts. Had all the gold. I mean, they were bad guys. I. But what, I mean, you just looked at those guys and you're like, I want to be like that. Like, now it's, I didn't so much like him as a kid because I was always rooting for the good guy and I was a loser. But now it's like, these guys are cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all for it because it's I, I was always kind of an evolution guy. Like, I, I like that. It's the weirdest thing because I'm an NWO guy. You know I am. Yeah, for life. For life. Black, black and white Hollywood. Yet, I always root for the good guys unless it was against NWO. Yeah. They were the ultimate bad guys. Wolfpack, man. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, 
You were wanting me to do it, weren't you? Wolf packs back with the mass destruction. Get see the bad boys, boys of wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew you wanted it. Oh. <laughs> the, the NWO Wolf Pack, it was cool. It had a swagger, but yeah. it's not, you know, Hollywood. <sighs> All right. So is that enough about Ric Flair? That's I'm I'm good if you're good, man. My next wrestler is this is easy. I mean, I think most people, who's, especially people who don't watch professional wrestling, is going to say this guy, but you cannot deny the importance of him. That's Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. He, I mean, whether you love or hate him, it's impossible to deny the impact he had on the wrestling industry. He Monumental. He, he was the American hero. Him versus, was it the Iron Sheik? Yeah. Yeah. They hate each other. Oh my God! Did God. Hate each the other. Sheik's Twitter profile. Oh, oh it's my just God. nothing but banter about how much he hates fucking Hulk Hogan. Yeah, um, it, Hogan is one of those guys that played a legendary babyface, but then turned around and played a legendary heel. And then he played pile driver. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and um, he he came out at a time. Excuse in, me. In the Mid eighties, like I mean, he was around before that, but like that ultimate hero. Take your vitamins, you know, good guy. Do you accredit that to Vince McMahon? Building Hulk Hogan, he made Hulkamania. You know, I don't know. I, I really don't know because I've heard people say that Vince McMahon made Hulkamania. I do not know. I mean, I can see it. I can understand it. I can respect it. I do think Vince McMahon was good at making characters like um but I also think he held some guys back. Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah, and some of those guys he gave them a little bit of a nudge and then they rolled it over to a next level, like a Stone Cold. Like a Stone Cold, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Rock. Stone Cold's exactly what I was thinking. So, um let's see Hogan what is my favorite match for Hogan? It's hard. It's not a match, but it's hard to overlook that. Was it the Bash at the Beach? Where he turned. Into, turned yeah, yeah, it's hard to overlook that. That was such a significant moment in wrestling yeah. history. See, you had kids crying. You had adults oh, crying. Throwing the shit in the ring. Yeah, you yeah. fans can stick it. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty monumental um, to the wrestling world. And then, you know, just the events that transpired after that, it was like it was setting a match, to, you know, setting it on fire. Now, he's headlined a lot of pay-per-views. A lot. He headlined, like, what, like the first, like, four or five WrestleManias? At least the first three for sure. Because mm-hmm. then he did six with Ultimate Warrior. So, Where are you at on that match? It, about the same as uh, the match with Andre the Giant. Yeah. Like, this was nothing that blew you away. It was just... Two big brutes going at two it. Two big, like, larger-than-life guys going at it. Like, Clash of Titans. It wasn't All like, the gold on the line. Right. It wasn't like some good, like... 40-minute match, like technical match between wrestlers and stuff. Yeah, you're not going to get a Kenny Omega match out of it. Yeah, you're not going to get a Daniel Bryan match, match out, out of this. It. Yeah. Um, but as for my favorite match with Hogan, 
Oh, that's tough. Um, I want to see the say the cliche WrestleMania three Andre the Giant. Yeah, I mean, and it's weird because always like Hogan's taking on this giant. Like, how is he going to beat this giant? As if Hogan wasn't a giant himself. Right, he, he was a damn dinosaur. <laughs> you know. Right. So, um, favorite match. He had the thirty-eight inch pythons, brother, and not the one in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to say my favorite match with Hogan. I really like the. I think it was like Hog Wild, the one at like Sturgis. Oh yeah, Sturgis. It yeah. was like '96 or whatever. When like um, the Giant, did he fight the Giant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, that's one of my favorite match. Or the the, the one where, the one where he lost to Goldberg. Nitro. Yes. I thought that one was really good. Nitro '99. Want to say '98? But uh, let's see, I don't know if I had anything left else to say about Hogan. Oh, his movies, man, that's the ultimate cheese. Mister Nanny or whatever it was. Okay, uh, so the, the three movies that come to mind for him, he was in the Three Ninjas. Oh yeah, I, I forgot seen about that, that since a kid. I haven't either. But these two, I've I had rec- on VHS. Right. These next two, I've actually watched very recently. Suburban Commando. I think that one had Christopher Lloyd in it. I think. Doc Brown. And then the best one against Zeus. No holds bar. <laughs> oh my God. Is that the one with, um, oh shoot, what was the guy's name? Um, yeah, yeah, it was him. Yeah. It's like Tiny. Like, tiny, yeah, yeah. Tiny Lister. Liston, Liston, yeah. Tiny Lister. Tiny, yeah. Um, Stupid movie, but I love it. Yeah. So stupid. That's another one I haven't seen probably since I was a, a young kid. That's something we're going to have to watch together. Yeah. But um, I think that's all I have left to say, Hogan. I don't know if you had him on your list or not. I did not. I oh, did not okay. have Hulk Hogan. So we can move on to yours. But I have somebody that you can smell what he's cooking. Oh. Raise an eyebrow for this one. And that just so happens to be my last guy. It is Dwayne The Rock, Rock Johnson. Johnson. Uh, the great one. The people's champ. The people's champ. And now the connoisseur and brewer and entrepreneur of Terramana. This dude is awesome. Oh, man. He, like, does he has everything. everything going for him. Everything. And guess what? He's probably going to come back in a year and whoop Roman Reigns' ass. So that's oh, an dude. even plus. I'd watch that. Oh, I sign me up. Listen, The Rock. I mean, I remember when he first came on the scene. Of course, I didn't Rocky see Rocky Maivia. Right, Rocky yeah, Maivia. 96, uh, Survivor Series. And I remember when he was part of the, um, what was that group with Farouk? And oh, um, the Nation of Domination. Domination. Yeah. And like, man, I remember fans chanting, Rocky sucks. Die, Rocky, Rocky die. Yeah. And I remember watching it over at my cousin's house when he was part of that. And we were always fans of The Rock. We liked him. We p- People would chant, Rocky sucks, but we'd always root for The Rock. Yeah. Never in a million years would I have thought he would have blown up to the icon that he was. Oh, just like looking at him and everything like that, and to see him today, you wouldn't even think it was the same guy. No, not like, at all. Just body build and everything like that. Like it's a, trema- a tremendous uh, transformation, really. The Rock has become an actor where whenever he comes out with a movie, I got to go see it in theaters. Absolutely. I mean, like his last like. Seven or eight movies I've seen in theaters. Like, and I, they're usually pretty damn good. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's he a really good actor. Really good actor. 
And I think the thing is like that from what I can tell, and it's just from an outside view looking in, I feel like the rock is a genuinely good dude. Yeah. I've, I've read about a lot of accounts of him treating his fans very, very well. And, uh, he just is like a genuinely nice guy. He's a guy that if you went up and asked him for an autograph, he wouldn't make you feel like trash. Like, he loves his fans so much. Like, he understands, like, he would have nothing without us. Exactly. He's very humble, very respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on my list of people that I'd love to meet. He is mine, too. Um, he's my favorite current actor, too. And if I could probably, like, you know, like, sit down and have a conversation with somebody, I think The Rock would be up there for me on my list of people. 100%. Him and Steven Seagal. <laughs> Just kidding. No, you're not. <laughs> no, the the Rock, like everything he does is good. His movies are good. His tequila is the best. The best tequila. That Blanco is the best tequila you can buy. Aren't you glad I got that for yeah, you? Yeah, you got that for me for yeah. Christmas one year. And I probably like I'm not an alcoholic. I swear. Well, maybe, but we're all in like our. Fifth or sixth bottle of that. Yeah, That's the only tequila we buy. It's hard to beat, man. Just It's so smooth. It almost doesn't even taste like tequila. It's got like a like a saltiness to it. Yeah. Like it's almost like just get some margarita mix and just dump that in there. You don't even need to add salt. Like it just goes together. It goes so together. Well. Crack me open another Coors Light here. Oh, is that a plug? I mean, if it gives us some money, yeah. <laughs> Our first beer review. Are we going to really review Coors Light? Might as well get it out of the way. Oh, yeah, that's true. That way I don't got to drink it again for a while. No, so you can drink that nasty-ass PBR. Love me some PBR, mm. man. Love it. Um, what else What else do you have to say about The Rock? I uh, Oh, his like in-work, man. Like his in-ring work, excuse me, was always phenomenal. He was a good wrestler. Good worker, good wrestler. Uh, his psychology he was able to use like on the... Hands down, possibly him and Flair, the two best to ever do it on the microphone. That's literally what I was getting ready to say. Flair's up there, but The Rock is the best to ever touch a microphone. Yeah. The best. Like this dude, I mean, I remember growing up and he had me cracking up just because everything was so smooth. Yeah. Like everything. And hilarious. I mean, the satire, um, the induendos. Indu, uh, Induendos. Indu, in, I can't say it. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, you know what I'm trying to say, everybody. Um, but just cracking stuff, you know, like left and right, the one-liners. Could never go wrong with his promos. His rivalry with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Two of the biggest wrestlers in history. Yeah. Two of the biggest personalities in history. Whenever you heard The Rock's music, whenever you heard Stone Cold's music. The glass break it, man. Everybody erupts. Yep. I mean, they fly wrestling, what, three times? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Two of my favorite guys right there. And actually, Stone Cold just m- missed my list, actually. It was hard not to put Stone yeah, Cold on the Yeah, he's actually my first honorable mention. So, and I'm trying not to belch all, all this beer I'm drinking. I know. After all that roosters we ate. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got a full belly and now I'm drinking beer. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to say about The Rock? 
I think I'm I'm cool with the rock if you're cool with the rock. I am. That was my last guy. Okay. Um so last up for me. Now I have no idea who this is. And this is probably gonna surprise you because he's still an active wrestler. Oh Lord. Le Champion. The pain maker. Wow. Y2J. Chris Jericho. Wow, Chris Jericho. Yes, sir. There's a lot I could say about him. He's a wizard now. <laughs> Is that his thing now? <laughs> yeah. He's blowing fireballs in people's oh, faces. Oh, my gosh. He, uh, remember um, Double or Nothing and that um, like street fight he had? He put the street cone on his head like he was a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that's what that was about. I'm a big Chris Jericho fan. I really like him. The Ayatollah of Rockarola. Yeah. Um, what do you have to say about him? Dude, another guy that is, he's right up there as a master on the microphone. Cuts a hell of a promo. But I think my main thing that I would like to say about Chris Jericho is, has there ever been a guy in wrestling that's been able to reinvent himself or change like his gimmick, per se, many times and be as successful with it as Chris Jericho? I don't think so. No. Like... Starting off as what Lionheart in yeah, WCW with the Lion Tamer, and Lion Tamer, and then he was Chris Jericho. Remember when he did the pen where he stepped on him? He's like, "Come on, baby!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then you had when he went to WWE, WWF, um, Raw is Jericho, you know. And he was the first. Undisputed, undisputed heavyweight champion beat the rock and stone cold in the same night it's so crazy that they picked him to do that and he deserved it every bit every bit what, and what a great had, match that was that was a great match i think if i'm not mistaken they had another wrestler picked out to do that really yeah and he backed out and kind of like nominated chris jericho if i'm not mistaken i just can't remember what wrestler it was though and he's another guy that's got his hand in so many different things. Fozzie. I'm getting getting ready to see them. Yep. That's going to be a good show. I'm super excited for that. What day is that? September. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a vacation day left for work, so I'm just going to miss that day after. Just call off. I'm just going to. You shouldn't have said that on the podcast. I don't give a shit. They're listening. No, they're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he uh, he's got his hand in so many different things. He's got... Fozzy, he's got Talk is Jericho. Good podcast. Um, great podcast. I love that one. Um, he's just an all-around great worker. His uh, matches are usually top-notch. Um, the blood and guts that they just did on AEW. What a fantastic match. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah. yeah it was so good, man. I love that. Uh, and then, I don't know if you've seen it or not. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I've seen highlights. Highlights. Yeah. Um, that guy, uh, he, he goes by Daddy Magic. Um, he cut a promo afterwards and it was on Twitter. So damn good. One of the best. It was raw emotion. No bullshit. Like, he just let him do his thing, and it was fantastic. Great promo. What was the match at Double or Nothing? Was it Double or Nothing we watched? Yeah, it was the uh, Anarchy in the Arena or whatever. Okay. Was that what it was called? The fact that Chris Jericho is still in that match, and he is doing great. So much fun, man. I remember when everybody was talking shit about him getting, like, they said he was getting fat and stuff like that. And then, like, two weeks later, he'd come out and he had a six-pack. 
He's getting older. He's getting older. I mean, he has nothing left to prove. He's still out there doing stuff that no way we could do. And guess what? He's going to find out one day that he's on Ryan Kimmler's Mount Rushmore of wrestling, and that's, you know, he's going to have me on Talk is Jericho. Hopefully we become famous enough. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. He j- he just wants me on there. There's no you without me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, I wouldn't want there to be. Nah, yeah, definitely Chris Jericho. He, Him and... John Moxley are my favorite on AEW. Oh, Mox, man. Yeah. Love that dude. Cincinnati boy, so. Yeah, yep. Just well, moved back there. Is that all you have on Chris Jericho? Yeah, I'm good. I'm is, good. I think we got our uh, point across there on everything. Is there any honorable mentions you have? Yeah, let's, let's talk some honorable mentions here. I mentioned Stone Cold. I would say Stone Cold is in my honorable mentions. I'm not going to go into details about these guys since they're not on the list, but like, uh, Mount Rushmore, but I had Stone Cold, I had Triple H, I had Bret Hart, and I had The Undertaker. Okay, so I have um, Stone Cold, I have Kenny Omega, I have Tanahashi from New Japan, um, and then I had Mick Foley. Oh, I forgot all about Mick Foley. Yeah. Dude's a legend, man. Yeah. That might be the toughest guy in wrestling. Taking some bumps, hasn't he? Remember that book he had when he, he came out with? And on the back, it had like all the injuries he had at the time. Yeah. It was like every single body part. <laughs> Dude was crazy. All right. I think I think that means we are done with the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestlers. Now, we're going to every once in a while do a Mount Rushmore or something. Sounds good to we're me. All, I, I love the Mount Rushmore idea. Yeah, the Mount Rushmore idea is good, but sometimes it's not going to work. So we might do a top 10, top five, but there's always going to be, this is what our show is based off, like top five, top 10, Mount Rushmore. So we have a couple topics that we were throwing around for our next show. Um, was there anything that you had in mind? I'm, I'm pretty open, man. Like I, I like, uh, like what we're doing here and I, I'm just excited for this. This is a, I know, a cool I thing, man. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, one topic I have here that was really interesting is your second favorite team in sports, like whatever sports, like your, what's your second favorite team in NFL? What's your second favorite team in college football? Oh, so you want me to list off like, yeah. like okay, and why they, okay, yeah. okay, I like that. I like so, that. So, I mean, there's that idea, or we can do – our top five football moments. So, I mean, I guess we don't really have it down yet, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, we can figure that out. So. It's not, you know. Well, um, I suppose if that is it, this will be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot to rate our beer. Yes, the. One bourbon, one scotch, and two beards, beer reviews. Yes. Now, we're drinking Coors Light out of a can. It's one of the very few beers that I don't mind out of a can. I'm not a can drinker. Uh, I would agree. I always said draft bottle can for me. For some reason, it always feels a little bit trashy drinking beer out of a can. Well, <laughs> I do why. And I guess it all depends. Like, I'll drink Bush Light out of a can and be perfectly fine with it. I'll drink Bud Light out of a can. I'll be like, okay, that ain't bad. I'll drink Coors Light out of a can. I'll be like, yeah, okay, not bad. 
But there's some beers that I drink out of a can, and I'm like, that's eh, just not my favorite. Miller? I can't drink Miller out of a can. I like Miller's not too bad out of a can. I can't drink. Uh, I don't prefer Michelob in a can. I don't prefer Michelob at all anymore. That's just because we got drunk on it in Vegas. Oh man, that was that was the most Michelob I've ever drank in one sitting. That might be the most type of one beer I've drank in a setting. Yeah, yeah, and. It was like 27 10 ounce cups of. Yeah, we drank so much. Like, and we're trying to walk through Planet Hollywood and Vegas, and like everything is spinning. I feel like <laughs> shit. And it's. You looked like shit. Uh, no, I didn't look much better. That's but. normally how I look. So oh. thanks a lot. But it's 115, 110 degrees constantly. We're dehydrated. We've been drunk. We're sweating balls. It's, we're trying to look for our women, remember? Yep. So, but yeah, ever since we got drunk off that and I had the worst hangover of my life, my head hurt so bad I couldn't lay it on a pillow. I had the beer shits. <laughs> I think I'd rather have that than a headache. Oh, I, I would take the beer shits over a headache. What's crazy is that was our first or second day in Vegas. Second day. Second or third day? Second day, I think. In Vegas. And we didn't get drunk one time after that. And we no. stayed there for like eight days. No, we had like a drink here and there. It wasn't. It fucked us up that yeah, bad. We had like a couple uh, mixed drinks and that was. Uh, All right. That was about it. Okay. Um, so Coors Light out of a can. So how are you rate? What's your criteria for rating this? Um, it's not important, but I kind of always like the appearance of the can or the bottle. So my mine was going to be the appearance of the can, the taste, and um, like the aftertaste. Like if you know you're able okay. to drink more than like one of them. Okay. Um, as for the appearance, now I will always say I've kind of liked Coors Light's logo, the mountains. I mean, I liked how they really. Stick with the Rockies. I like how they use it. Uh, if the mountains are blue, then you know it's a cold beer. Right, right. That was always cool to me. Weren't they the ones that come out with like the vent at I, the top of the can? I believe so. That was a gimmick. That was a gimmick, really just like Miller Lights vortex, vortex bottle. Yeah. yeah. So um, as for the can, I love the silver, the silver bullet. I like that. Um, this can here though is kind of odd. Why? I don't know. Uh, it's the chill on it. It says chill, and then this one says views. They're um, making it a little bit too crowded. Whereas, like Miller Lite or Bud Light, making it too millennial. We are millennial. Oh. Um, the taste, Coors Light was was a beer that I liked when I first started drinking beer. Then kind of got out of it because it has its own distinct taste, and this. Recently, over the years, been growing on me. I do enjoy drinking Coors Light. I like it. It's not a beer that I get all the time. If I get it on draft and I have like three of them, yeah, it'll fuck me up. I don't know what it is. Oh, it's really? One of the, it's one of the few beers like where I can have like two or three on draft, and I feel like I've been drinking all day. Like, say you go to B Dubs and you ask them what their beer of the month is. Yeah, it's the cheapest beer, right? Yeah. And they say Coors Light. All right, sounds good. Give it to me. I'm not upset about that at all. If it's Coors, Miller, or Bud Light, I'll usually get it. Of the three, Bud Light's my least favorite. So I'm sorry for you. Oh yeah, right. Um, 
Taste is good. It has its own distinct taste from Miller and Bud Light. Um, it finishes good. Yeah. It's not a strong tasting beer. Um, it's not. It sits well in your stomach. Right. Like I, don't, I don't think it's heavy by any means. It's a, if you compare it to like your stronger, like darker beers. Yeah, this is probably like water. Yeah. But I mean, I drink all sorts of beer, so it doesn't matter to me. We're not picky when it comes to beer. And what is your other criteria? I just said like the the aftertaste, like how how it sits with you. Yeah, it finishes good. So um, the can, and then you know, taste. I'm gonna go ahead and say how many beers do you give it? Ooh, I'm gonna give it three and a half beers out of five. I'm going to say a solid three. Okay. Will we have it again back on the show? Absolutely. All right. That's, I think anything probably below a three is probably not going to make it back on the show. Good yeah, good call. That's fine. All right. I think that is it. I think our women are waiting for us to get back. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Everybody has to work tomorrow except me. Sucker. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, so I will probably stay up late tonight drinking and playing Xbox. Sounds like a plan. I'm going to go home and uh, me and Amber are probably going to find something to watch on TV until she passes out on the couch. Sounds good. Hey, you know what I watched today? What? Soldier. Kurt Russell. Never seen it. 1998. I wasn't around. It it reminds me a lot of Universal Soldier. Oh, really? Yeah. I've, ne- I've never seen okay. it. Okay. You have to check it out sometime. It's not bad. Okay. But, all right. I think that's it. And, and we will probably, we're going to try to do a podcast every week. Um, obviously, it's not going to be possible to do it every week. Sometimes something might come up. Yeah. We couldn't, but we're going to try every week. Um, I don't know the for sure date each podcast will come out. It could be Friday. It could be Saturday. You know, we're most likely going to record on Thursdays or Fridays. Yeah. Depending on. Yeah. Right. So um, we don't exactly know our next topic, but you'll find that out on our next show. And until then, I am Daniel. I'm Ryan. And you've been listening to one bourbon, one scotch and two beards. Have a good night. Adios. (laughs) 